This is the Manufacturing Report. I'm Scott Paul, host of the show and president of the Alliance for American Manufacturing. We are on the cusp of doing something that the country has needed done for decades. This episode is all about getting on the bus with Tom Conway, who is the international president of the United Steelworkers. The We Supply America bus tour is sponsored by the steelworkers. It's an effort to highlight the essential work that steelworkers are doing all over America to make the things that make us go. And there's no better time to talk about it. As we recorded the podcast, the infrastructure bill had just passed the United States Senate. My conversation with Tom Conway next on the Manufacturing Report. And I'm honored to be joined by Tom Conway. He is the international president of the United Steelworkers Union. The steelworkers are North America's largest industrial union, and they represent uh, workers not only in steel and other manufacturing, but in many other sectors as well. Tom, it's great to have you on the podcast. Good. It's good to be here, Scott. Good to see you. Yeah. And I should mention that uh, Tom is the uh, is a founding board member of the Alliance for American Manufacturing, and we share Hoosier roots uh, that that run deep as well. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's it's especially nice to do this. So, Tom, we're talking because um, the steelworkers are about to embark on a uh, a pretty major uh, bus tour uh, called We Supply America. Uh, so why don't you share with us a little bit about the thinking uh, that went into this uh, tour and uh, why Why now? Why, why well, August of 2021? Yeah. Look, it, it seemed many months ago that we finally had a real opportunity to talk about infrastructure and that the, the country was going to, after years, get to this debate. And so I wanted our union, because of the nature of who we are, the products we make, the role we play in basic materials as well as very advanced materials to sort of let the government know that, hey, we have the things and we make the things that you're going to need to do this infrastructure. So it began as a campaign of our local unions jointly going to their management counterparts and putting together a letter with an inventory to detail of what they did make. And we've been flooding those letters into um, Washington and to um, the, the new cre newly created office at OMB and to the um, National Economic Council and to the administration in general. And so we've sent in dozens and dozens of letters uh, from, from different companies who make a wide range of products from steel, aluminum, to glass, to tires, to, to everything that the steel workers have a hand in. But, but then we also want the public to understand the importance of what this is in their communities and the value of the payroll from those factories in those communities, the value of the jobs that, that are both existing and, and can be created through this. And so we thought we would take this on the road and we're going to travel through seven states, I believe, into all the communities where we have, you know, a lot of density and people who are working, people are making things that lend towards an infrastructure rebuild. And 
you know, look, just today, the Senate has finally moved on a bipartisan package to fund an infrastructure bill. It's going to move over to the House now. And I understand the House is going to couple it together with another um, bill that that is has some social sides to it, but also important infrastructure needs that America needs to move forward socially. So, you know, we are on the cusp of doing something that the country has needed done for decades. And we have allowed our infrastructure to crumble. And um, we're excited about it. And and uh, just want to you know get to work and expand this and and do more manufacturing work. I wanted to touch on that for a second because I think to to the public at large, to the extent they think about infrastructure, they think about the roads they're driven they're driving on, if they're congested or not, if they have potholes. Um, uh, same with bridges. Uh, maybe if they go to an airport, uh, mm-hmm. if it's state of the art or not. Um, uh, but there's there's other aspects of infrastructure too, uh, like you know waterworks, uh, broadband, and, and I'm wondering. I, it, it's probably a pretty obvious connection for folks to see how steel plays a part in this, right? Um, right. Uh, because of you're you're using it for rebar, uh, for roads, or for uh, structural steel for bridges. But 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 how about these other aspects of infrastructure and where that fits in? Uh, with uh, with manufacturing workers and steel workers in particular? Well, look, we're living in a day that communication is really a key major advantage that everybody looks to. And so we all know that moving information quickly and accurately is crucial to having an economy and a commerce that flows the right way. But in order to do that, you need the cables to move that information with. and so. Our union in North Carolina makes fiber optic cable, which will supply the broadband um, industry. And so when we're going to build out not just rural areas, but a lot of areas, as well as urban, that don't have good connectivity through broadband, that's sort of an underpinning. And, And, you know, People think, well, it's relatively new. It's all related to the internet, but it's not. It's related to how we move information, how critical it is. So as important as our roads are and our bridges and our waterways, that's important too. And and look, our, our schools are in decay. We have an aging population in baby boomers. We have nursing homes that aren't well-staffed and funded. There are a lot of infrastructure social needs in this country that can get dealt with all at one time. And so coupling together what just happened today in the Senate with what's going to come forward in the House on the reconciliation can put America on a footing that we've watched our competitive competitor nations move far and fast ahead of us over the last couple of decades while we sat back and watched it. And we can no longer afford to do that. There's too much at risk. Yeah, Tom, I completely agree. And as you were saying that, I was also thinking about how we squandered opportunities here in the United States, not only through this underinvestment, but also through letting our tax dollars leak to uh, countries like China. Um, uh, You and I both know the case of the Bay Bridge in California and what happened there. 
And so I wonder, are you pleased with the focus this administration has had and the Senate bill and actually the House infrastructure bill as well on ensuring that the materials that are going to be used as part of this massive infrastructure build out uh, must be supplied uh, from uh, from U.S. factories? Look, it seems to me that that the economists 30 years ago who were telling us a global, a globalized economy was good for us, have finally, in some degree, come to their senses. And people have realized, allowing your basic industries to go offshore, allowing someone else to supply you, is not a good long-term strategy. And it got highlighted when the, when the pandemic hit and America wasn't prepared to deal with its own medical needs, and the discussion just got broader. And so, it, both in today's bill and the bill that's come, working through the House and that have come through the House, there is strong Buy American provisions in there, and they need to be in there. And I think that's how we build, rebuild our supply chain, rebuild our manufacturing base, bring value to what Americans are making, and be able to sort of go to a market with it and have our own sustainability on these important issues. So I, I think there's been a real change in the way that the country views this, in the way that politicians are viewing it, and that we can we can do something with it concrete rather than just talk about it. We've had we've had four years of talking about it. It seems we are now actually moving on this and doing something, and that's really encouraging. Yeah, you're right. I think the this whole idea of infrastructure week kind of became a joke because no. We didn't have political leadership that was able to sustain an effort. Seems like we finally do. And so you mentioned the passage of the Senate bill on the day we're recording this, 69 to 30. That's a big bipartisan vote in these times. Does that give you some optimism that we can actually get this uh, across the finish line? When you think about infrastructure, every state has infrastructure issues. And it's whether it's a waterway, whether it's a whether it's leaking water pipes where we leak billions of gallons of fresh water a day, whether it's bad bridges and roads. So this doesn't have to be a partisan issue. I mean, this is just an investment that Americans have to make. And and there's no reason that this ought to be something that people frankly struggle with. You know, you you, you think about you can't let your house fall in ill repair because you won't do any maintenance on it for years and years and expect everything to be fine. And you can't expect a nation's systems to take care of themselves. So this is something that we always felt could be bipartisan and, um, and it seems to be working out that way. And we'll see how the rest of it is. Look, the rest of the country also understands we do have some fundamental issues on on taking care of children, childcare, elder care issues, school issues. Our kids ought to be in good, safe schools. You know, we shouldn't have a nation with with lead in our water system. So there's a lot to do, and and it's not too much to do. We can do it if we just decide we're going to put the resources to it. Tom, I like the way that you put that. I I, uh, I I agree with your optimism on all of this. And I do have to say that 
Uh, I think the steelworkers are uniquely positioned to make a difference here because, you know, you you see the the hard hats on the road, the the construction jobs, the building trades jobs. That's fine. You again, as I said, I think people take infra- infrastructure for granted uh, unless there's a problem. Uh, but but I think one of the perspectives that you can bring. Uh, is that uh, this is about having the capacity of the United States to do these things. And not only that, uh, the jobs. Uh, And these are good, uh, well-paying jobs that come with benefits. And that seems to be one of the building blocks of an economy that's fair to all. Look, you can't have an economy that survives solely on financial transactions. And you build value by mining something, by milling it, by putting labor and capital against it, by creating a product that you take to a market. That's the strength of a manufacturing sector and that's the strength of your supply chain. And you know, if you're gonna get a project like a bridge and all you're gonna get to do is the erection of the bridge, but someone else is supplying the work that goes into it, then you've lost a lot of the value and what you have is temporary. And we saw that happen in America with the early wind industry and with the solar industry. And so we can't allow that to happen again. There's going to be a great growth in offshore wind off of the Northeast coast. There's going to be great more growth in solar. America needs to make those components, not just erect them that someone else made. And so I think there's a, a turning in that. There's a, there's a change of thought. And, and I think our union will lead it. Look, our union is led in the fight on trade issues in, in cases and petitions that we filed. And so we feel that we're finally at a point where folks are listening, going to put some resource towards it, and we can move forward and start to rebuild jobs in America. Yeah, I, I have to say the steelworkers' voice has been the most consistent uh the most thoughtful, the most effective uh, in the conversation about how do we construct a uh, procurement policies and trade policies that will benefit uh, workers here in the United States. So we're proud to be a small part of this uh, major endeavor that you're uh, about to undertake. And I look forward- It's a good partnership. Thank you, Tom. I look forward to joining you uh, in Northwest Indiana to to get this thing uh, kicked off. Yeah, we'll get it kicked off Monday. So, Tom, as this bus tour kicks off, uh, I'm wondering how uh, folks can get engaged and uh, where where it's going to be starting on August uh, 16th. Okay. Well, look, we've um, we've rented a bus. You know, a good. It's not a little yellow school bus. It's a good size, comfortable Greyhound, and we're we're having it wrapped with the sort of the theme of this campaign and it'll be a steelworker identified bus and it'll say we supply America. So it'll depart Pittsburgh on Sunday and arrive Sunday evening in Northwest Indiana. And we'll we'll begin our first event there at 10 o'clock at local 6787. And we got a good group of speakers lined up. Um, Secretary of Labor, Marty Walsh is coming in and we have um, in most of these stops, someone from uh, the congressional delegation, along with the local leadership and the local management of a number of places who are clustered in these communities. And then Tuesday, the bus will move over to Newark, Ohio, and do two events in Ohio. 
early in the morning and in the afternoon do a third event. So the bus will be busy moving around Ohio, you know, Weirton, West Virginia, Cleveland, and um, and we'll hit a number of locations and a number of events. And most of these will be outside events that are staged outside of a factory where our members do some work. Um, on Wednesday, we'll leave for, for Danville, Virginia, and we'll do some work in um, in Virginia where we build tires and a number of other things. The, the bus will also then begin to make its way to um, North Carolina where we do we do fiber optics work and we build fiber optic cables. We'll swing through Wilmington then in North Carolina. And then um, on Thursday, the bus will also hit Corning and detour through the DC area. We'll do a live streaming event from the National Mall. And then the bus will head back to Pittsburgh for Friday and we'll wrap it up with an event in Pittsburgh on Friday. Um, so. Look, it's going to be a busy day. We have advanced teams out there. We have, um, you know, we use this bat light in campaigns, um, both contract campaigns and in political campaigns. And so the bat light will be in advance driving. And and I expect it'll be, um, it'll be fun for people. They'll have a good chance to come out, uh, get highlights about what's going on in their community and, and be able to attend. And, and we'll have this stuff published and on our websites as, as we begin to go. All right. That's Tom Conway, International President of the United Steelworkers Union. Thanks so much for joining us on the Manufacturing Report. All right, Scott. Thank you. And that will do it for the Manufacturing Report this week. I'd like to thank the teams at AAM, E18, and the Steelworkers, and our own Elizabeth Brotherton Bunch in particular, for making this episode possible. And I'd like to thank you, the listeners, for your loyalty and for giving us great episode ideas and feedback about what we can be doing better. You can find out more about the We Supply America bus tour at usw.org. And you can connect with us at the Alliance for American Manufacturing at americanmanufacturing.org, on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, we're on Twitter at Scott Paul AAM and Keep It Made in USA. Until next time, together we can keep it made in America.